Welcome to The Workplace, where we talk about the cultures we work in and how to make them better for everyone. I'm Andrew Scarcell. This episode, we're talking with Nick Rosenthal from Capital One about how they're adapting to new challenges, embracing new technologies, and using recognition to keep their people connected and their culture human. Join us after the interview for Tangible Takeaways, where we'll talk about the ideas and actions we can take with us and implement in our own workplace cultures. Nick Rosenthal is a senior associate in HR compensation at Capital One. An 18-year veteran, Nick's work on the Total Rewards team, building and promoting strategies for recognition and appreciation, have influenced and improved the culture of the international bank over the years, turning it into the kind of workplace people all over the world want to be a part of. Nick was interviewed by our former executive producer and current executive producer in exile, Katie Clifford. So, because she can't be here, I'll just say that we wanted to talk with Nick because Capital One has had a unique and successful journey in creating their workplace culture. And there's really nothing like listening to someone who's on the front line, doing the day-to-day work of shaping an intentional, global culture. Let's get to it. Welcome to The Workplace, Nick Rosenthal. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Good. Well, thank you so much for joining us from Portland, is it? Is that where you are today? Yeah, just outside in uh, Beaverton, Oregon. Oh, good old Beaverton, home of the swoosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So you work on the rewards and recognition team at Capital One, yes? That is correct. Awesome. Well, we're really excited to have you, Nick. We talk to a lot of HR professionals about all kinds of things, uh, but talking about recognition is our favorite because that is our wheelhouse. So I was real stoked to see um, both your title and your topic today because recognition is is our favorite thing to talk about. So we ask this of all of our guests, and I'm going to ask it of you, and you you can answer this as your first kid job or your first grown-up job, but tell us about your very first job and what it was like. Sure. So my first job uh, was a kid job, I guess. I was 15 years old uh, working at a grocery store and I was a courtesy clerk is what we were called back then, bag boys. I'm not sure what the, you know, term is now. (laughs) It's been a while, but um, that was my my very first job where I collected a paycheck. Um, So... Oh, that's awesome. What was what was grocery store bag boy culture like back in the day? I feel like it was something that would be uh, kind of in like a, a movie nowadays, like some sort of comedy um, where uh, there's just a whole bunch of lessons learned and all kinds of people that you meet. Um, and it's, you know, one of those first time job kind of roles. Yeah, I sort of have a, a vision of a <laughs> bunch of kids running around with their so first time making any money and having to sort of uh, deal with parents who are people who aren't their parents and uh, yep. learning a lot, I'm sure. <laughs> Don't put the eggs on the bottom. 
I was just going to ask you, do you still (laughs) have some things that you remember from, but don't put the eggs on the bottom. I think when I go through the self-serve, I always put the eggs on the bottom. (laughs) I clearly never worked at a grocery store. My first job was babysitting. So I can fix a bottle with the best of them, but I do not know how to pack a bag. What attracted you to HR in the first place? Like, what was it about that, uh, that area that made you want to make a career of this? Yeah, I think um, it wasn't apparent right away. Once I got into the world of, of HR, if you will, uh, when I say the world, I think of kind of that compensation, um, benefits, mm. recognition, rewards type of a holistic picture of what HR is. And I think once I got into learning about the different ways we help associates and the internal cust- like our customers, are our employees, and wrap my head around that, that's when I realized that that niche to help people is something that can be fulfilled through something just like this, if you put the right lens on it and the fact that you're helping people and their daily jobs essentially and feeling a part of, you know, the company culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. It definitely checks that box of having a purpose. So you uh, came and spoke at our, well, came and spoke, you spoke from your home at our Influence Greatness Conference last year, um, our first ever online, but it's great that we were able to get so many fun people uh, to speak to us. But you mentioned that you actually worked from home prior to COVID, that this wasn't a big change for you. Um, I would love to hear what that was like for someone who was already at home. What kind of adjustments did you have to make as all your colleagues also went online. What did that look like for you, someone who was already home and already kind of knew that rhythm? Yeah, it was an interesting inverted kind of experience for me where um, I was welcoming people to um, my world, essentially. Uh, At the same time, you know, my, my kids came home, my wife stayed home. So my office got a lot busier and everyone else's offices got a lot quieter and you know more I I would say simplistic because it gets complicated and I think what what I observed and tried to kind of tell people about is that you do get um you do get that sense of there's nowhere to go almost because you're in your home you're essentially like in your mind all the time about things around you not to mention you know having if you have family and kids around, it's it's all there and present. Whereas if you go to work, you kind of have that, you know, I'm focused on work uh, ability and that you lose that. And with COVID, I couldn't give my typical advice of try to get to a coffee shop once a week or get out of that, you know, rhythm or routine. So you give yourself a break, um, which I learned, you know, six months after working from home all the time, but that didn't really apply. So my advice, right. was, you know, just other types of smaller things to give yourself a place to be able to focus and then places where you, you don't um, have to focus on work for a little bit. Yeah, no, that's interesting to think that even somebody who was already at home had some adjustments to make. Will you look forward to when everybody's back in the office or has this been a good, uh, have you enjoyed everybody living in your world? Um, I think a little bit of both. I mean, I'm glad that people can now kind of see through a different lens yeah. uh, when they think about remote work or remote associates and this, you know, virtual worker 
uh, type of label, if you will. Uh, I think they, you know, everyone now has kind of what does that mean or what is that like? And I think that's helpful. But I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, traveling again and, and getting out there and seeing my teammates and, um, you know, doing some of the, the more fun events that, you know, bring us together every once in a while. Yeah, I do think some of us who've moved home haven't gotten the the actual work from home experience because we also do everything from home now. So right, it, will, right. <laughs> it will be interesting when we have a chance to maybe do a hybrid or or experiment a little bit what that actually looks like. Mm-hmm. So what we wanted to talk to talk primarily about today is what what exactly it is you do, which is um, how technology and recognition kind of work together. But in order to understand technology and recognition, I would love to hear your thoughts on uh, why is recognition and appreciation even important in the workplace? Don't we already pay people? Like why why do they also need to be recognized or appreciated? Yeah, a great question. And I think, you know, I touched on it briefly earlier where it's it's more one of those fundamental aspects of total rewards, if you will, or um, human resources is the, you know, the HR term, but I think just being a part of a mission, it's kind of on the same level as a compensation and a benefits, even though those tend to get the most attention, I think, but that fundamental aspect that humans have of wanting to feel like they belong and they're appreciated, you know, that's really tied to that well-being aspect that we're really trying to focus on and include people in a part of that. And if you're not, you know, purposely tied to something and feel a part of it, it's really hard to get the most out of, you know, that person and have them feel like they're, they belong. So I think that's where recognition really plays a key aspect of belonging. Yeah, that's huge. Has Capital One had, um, a long track record of recognition? Is that something that's been an, an important piece for a long time? Yeah, I think it's been uh, important for a very long time. I think most organizations this past year um, have really understood more the importance of it as well. Um, just with everything that's going on, a lot of you know folks that are on the front line, you know that term hero got used a lot. And while maybe uncomfortable for some, I think it just you know threw kind of the spotlight on you know wow, I didn't realize how much I appreciated that person working at the grocery store or that nurse that's there, like, you know, it just gives you a different lens. Yeah. I'm, I <laughs> get a little choked up thinking about how little I thought about that kind of stuff prior to this happening. And just even in the first few days of the pandemic, when I'd go to the drive through coffee place, I think I was tipping them like $5 on my yeah. $5 coffee. Cause it was like, thank you so much for being here and being a human face, like I will pay double for my coffee. Right. So you've kind of had a front row seat probably to a lot of interesting culture discussions over this last year of how, okay, so now everyone's home. Um, We don't have the normal ways to just like pop by and tell someone they did a great job. Um, so what 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 has Capital One done this year to make sure that employees get that recognition? What are, how are you, how are you employing technology with a workforce that's dispersed now? I think the main thing that we're we we were trying to do even pre work from home yeah, virtual environment was to just put the tools you need to recognize somebody and appreciate folks right at your. Uh, fingertips, if you will, mm-hmm. so that you don't have to 
go find out how and when to give recognition. It's a, a habit, not a task that you're assigned. And so the easier it is to do, the easier you can just in the moment recognize people. And I think a lot of times it became or, you know, has become one of those things that, oh, yeah, on, you know, Fridays at three, I need to, um, you know, give recognition and I forget how do I do that and have a link. And the more yeah. we can just put those tools um, and the ability to do so within applications or programs you're already using um, yeah. to integrate that technology, it just makes it that much easier. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, have you been at companies ever that have not had recognition programs or has that been something for most of your career that you've been involved in? I think it's been most of my career. I mean, I've spent, uh, what is it now, almost 19 years at Capital One. So it's always been, you know, I haven't obviously working on a team that does strategy and, um, you know, thinks about recognition every day. It's never been so forefront and granular. Um, But I think it's always been a part of, you know, Capital One's culture, at least, is to make sure people are feeling appreciated. Um, but I think more so, like I said, now than ever, the last couple of years working in this, you know, this is my job. Um, yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of different things that, you know, definitely we just, there'll never be a final goal reached. It'll just be a continuous adventure and a continuous mission to try to make it easier, more fun and uh, yeah. more impactful than ever before. Yeah, sure. I I worked in sports for a long time, and I worked at organizations that um, your reward was you get to work here, and you should be yeah. really grateful that that you have a job and ten people would take it. And I gotta say, I really uh, I enjoy these organizations that understand that that's probably not a great way to uh, build really successful culture is to have a watch your back. Someone could take your job any day. Right. So maybe you could just give us a couple of examples. I, I would love to hear about a time, and, and you probably see a lot of this in your job, that you either gave recognition to someone or received recognition yourself that was really memorable or, or something that you observed at your company where that really sort of made a big difference and, and had an impact. Yeah, I think um, with both of those, both giving and receiving, I think the what comes to mind the most isn't a specific example per se, mm-hmm. but it was that feeling of I got recognized or I got an appreciation for just being me. I remember getting a couple of notes mm-hmm. um, from some of my previous managers of, you know, hey, I just wanted to reach out and say thank you for doing everything that you do and balancing work and life. I know you have a couple of kids and um, there's all that, you know, going on. So I think it's just one of those moments that like, wow, I didn't finish a big project. I didn't, you know, do this major milestone. It's just reaching out and giving the same way. I've, you know, given on a few occasions for, you know, things that weren't giant accomplishments. And the ones I remember the most are when people say, you know, I was having a tough day and you just saying that really made my day. And you don't expect that because you don't know what's going on. You just yeah. you know, are giving, you know, some of that recognition or that appreciation for them. And those are the ones that I remember the most as far as when I give is when you've actually made an impact on that person, even though it's a very small thing. It took me five minutes, um, but the, the impact is much bigger than that. Oh, gosh, I love that. I In all this time talking about recognition, I don't know... 
that I've heard a lot of examples of just tell someone they're great for being them. Like I really, that's a really beautiful um, way to, to recognize somebody is you do sort of expect when you do a big thing or you do a favor for somebody that they'll probably say thank you. But to just hear, hey, I'm glad you're on the team and you're really contributing and this is out of the blue feels like that could really turn around. Uh, yeah, this last year feel- especially, I yeah. think there was a lot of people that I heard say, I just got through the day yesterday and that's a win. And, yeah. you know, it was just those those small things. Everything got very micro uh, economic, if you will, over the last um, 18 months or so. Yeah, totally. Well, one thing that um, that I think can get... Uh, rough in today's world is technology is everywhere. It's, you know, we're on screens and we're on our phones and everyone's pinging us all the time. And um, when you when you think about a large organization and how you're going to provide tools to people, how do you guys make sure that the technology doesn't um, form almost a barrier to people feeling like, like there's a human connection? Like, what are some of the sort of things to consider if you do want to use technology, which is awesome, uh, how do you make sure people still feel that connection, that personal piece of it? Yeah, I think we talk a lot about um, just focusing on the humanity of what recognition means. And when we're looking to integrate technology into some of those applications, like I talked about earlier, to make it easier, we don't want the the fact that it's being integrated to do the work for you. We want to allow you to get your thoughts out quickly within those areas that you're already in and again not have it replace that humanity but make it easier for folks to actually you know say what they're thinking in the moment and just a lot of it is coaching and educating the behavior of if you don't think you know what to say just say thank you you that's it you know it's it's not a overcomplicated thing there doesn't need to be an algorithm program to say how many times you have or have not, you know, given recognition today. It's just, you know, making it easier for folks. Yeah, that's great. And just making it part of their sort of normal rhythm of their job, I think is really great. We we actually exactly. do have an integration right into Outlook. So if someone does something or sends something great, I can just hop right over and uh, recognize them right there. And, and you're right, the fact that it is easy is awesome, but I still have to do, I have to think about it. I have to tell them something. The The program doesn't just send off a thank you. <laughs> I actually right. have to do some work, which is really awesome. Are there any sort of watch outs that you would say, um, or any pitfalls that you guys have had in your recognition journey? Anything that sort of was like, oh, we got to fix this or change this? Um, the one thing that I think comes to mind that I kind of touched on earlier was just I never really realized that people get stuck on not knowing what to say. Mm. And so I would have never thought of that unless, you know, we hadn't been told or given feedback on just, well, I'm not sure what to say. And I never thought about that. And then when we thought about, you know, where do we integrate these technologies? um, Again, I think the watch out is don't do the recognition for people, just bringing the tools to them is really like the key, I think. Don't do the recognition for them. I think that's pretty pretty great advice for everyone. Give tools, but don't just go ahead and do it. You're a believer in the power of workplace culture. 
that it can engage and connect your teams, fuel collaboration and spark innovation, attract and retain top talent, reduce burnout, increase equity, and of course, help everyone thrive at work. But guiding and shaping culture, especially at a large company, that's a tricky business. Where do you turn for help, for guidance, for tools, technology? OC Tanner, of course. Our Culture Cloud software and services make it easy to deliver the kind of peak moments and unrivaled experiences that are part of a thriving workplace culture. No matter where you are in your journey, Culture Cloud can help. To learn how, go to octanner.com. That's octanner.com. If you could snap your fingers and remove a corporate buzzword or phrase from the universe, what would it be? I think that's got to be jump or hop on a call since <laughs> nobody physically does that. Oh my gosh. I love that one. That's true. I can't, it is sort of funny to think about what it would look like for someone to jump on a right. call. So I love this one uh, because. I feel like everyone has such unique answers to this. What's something about how your culture has changed in the last year that surprised you? Yeah, I, I think one of the things that surprised me most was talking with our team about how they feel more connected now than ever before. And when we talked earlier about, you know, everyone's now working from home and I was working from home before, it was just very interesting for me to hear that. Um, and I kind of had the same feeling, I think as a, our larger teams maybe aren't feeling as connected as the smaller ones, but the smaller teams feeling more connected than before. Uh, it was just, I mean, it was awesome to hear that, you know, given that we're quote unquote further apart than ever before. It's just um, really cool to hear that. Yeah. Well, it goes to show that proximity isn't necessarily uh, what, what brings people together, right? You can mm -hmm. be just as connected far away. That is, that's kind of a relief that that's the, the thing that surprised you that it's a good kind of surprise. So let's, let's talk about the best boss you ever had and what made them so great. And you can, if you have, you know, an amalgam of bosses, but what, what are some traits you really love in a good boss or manager? I think the best boss I ever had, um, I remember when I was working in the call center, it might've just been a, you know, a happened to be because of circumstances, but um, she was someone who almost acted like, um, uh, filled like a, a mother figure type of role um, in some way. And yeah. I just, just got that vibe. I think it was just, there was so much genuine care that went into my well-being and my progression and challenging me. And, you know, there was healthy dialogue of like, not conflict, but we would have discussions that maybe we didn't both agree or see the same way, but we, um, you know, it was one of those, just one of those people that really makes you feel like you need to do it. You need to do it almost for them and for yourself. But um, I think that just really stands out to me. That's awesome. I, I feel like having a boss that makes you feel like every, everything's safe here is really, really invaluable. Mm -hmm. Who are your heroes and who are your villains? <laughs> oh, heroes, definitely my grandparents. Um, I think everything you think oh. about how different times were and hearing the stories uh, just can't help but think that, you know, they could have their own movies and totally heroes in my eyes. Um, and then yeah, 
this last year we talked about it a little bit earlier, but frontline workers, I mean, just taking for granted day to day the all the millions of jobs that make our country work and make our, our world work. It's just, you know, it's it's mind blowing to look at it when you, you know, get granular. Um villains, um, I'm gonna have to say Negan from the show Walking Dead stands out as like the ultimate villain for me. And then Carbohydrates is probably another one. Oh, man. I feel like we all got to know Carbohydrates this year on a really intimate Best friend, level. Worst enemy. And yeah, I seriously got us through, but we're going to spend some time working off the consequences. <laughs> what is the last thing that kind of stuck with you? The last thing you read, a book, a tweet, an article? What are, what, what are the kinds of things um, that you're reading that are kind of sticking in your brain? Yeah, I, a couple months ago, I finished the Atomic Habits book. Uh, that I'm sure oh. most people or a lot of people have heard about by James Clearly or yeah. James Clear. I can't remember the last name. Apologize. But mm. um, I got a newsletter and there was a quote from him from, it wasn't his quote, but it said something to the effect of a ship is safe in harbor, but that's not what they're built for. And it just made me think of a lot of the times where I feel safe sometimes and complacent in, in different things, but that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to perhaps fail and ruffle some feathers every once in a while and have difficult times. But um, it just kind of, yeah, stuck with me. So last question, um, and one that kind of ties all of this together, is what does your ideal workplace look like? What, where, where, what kind of atmosphere would you thrive the best in? Yeah, I think there's there's more of a feel than a look. So I think what a culture sure. feels like is there's a um, a shared, genuine passion amongst everybody to contribute to a common goal. And there's this kind of psychological safety net that you would have where you could share feelings and know that whether someone agrees or disagrees, you're all going to be there um, to discuss and come up with the you know, solution or the best next thing to try it may or may not work, but you're all there to support each other. Yeah, that sounds like a great place to work. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, it's a Friday afternoon, and we appreciate you making some time to hop on and chit-chat with me and uh, just really appreciate your insights. And again, recognition is so important here at OC Tanner and clearly important at, at Capital One, and we appreciate your time. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Katie. Now it's time for Tangible Takeaways, where we take big ideas out to the local art house cinema for a midnight screening of a black and white classic, stopping first at the concession stand for necessities, nachos with extra cheese, jalapenos, large popcorn, extra butter, light salt, and two medium Cokes, no ice, before expertly side shuffling into the seats our friend saved for us. Center row, two thirds back, just managing to turn our cell phones to silent as the lurid, morally ambiguous murder mystery begins to unfold on the big screen. The first is that recognition doesn't have to be for a major accomplishment or milestone. In fact, recognizing someone for the work they do every day can be even more meaningful 
because it comes from a place of familiarity and friendship. Whether it takes five minutes or five seconds, showing someone that you really see them and the work they do every day can create a lasting impression in their minds that they are valued for everything they do, not just the big wins and breakthroughs. The second is that if you're struggling to find the right words to recognize someone, don't put it off until you've had the chance to polish and perfect your words of gratitude. If all other words fail you, simply say, thank you. These two tiny words can have an oversized impact on people and how they connect to their work. It's never too little to say thank you. The third is that from time to time, it's important to recognize that person who keeps us going day after day persevering through thick and thin to help keep our heads above water while carrying all of our personal baggage. I'm talking, of course, about you, me, ourselves. Showing ourselves gratitude for the work that we do and the tenacity with which we do it can help restore our vitality and give us a break from the constant self-judgment that many of us can't help but levy against ourselves. So go ahead, give yourself a high five right now as a token of gratitude for all you do. Come on, you can do better than that. Really put some stank on it. Too much stank. As always, this episode was written and produced by yours truly with original music, sound design, and additional writing by Daniel Foster Smith. If you liked this episode, or even if you didn't, please rate, review, and of course, subscribe to The Workplace on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a burning question about workplace culture or a story about why your workplace culture is the best or worst, send it to theworkplace at octanner.com. The Workplace is sponsored by OC Tanner, the global leader in engaging workplace cultures. OC Tanner's Culture Cloud provides a single, modular suite of apps for influencing and improving employee experiences through recognition, career anniversaries, well-being, leadership, and more. If you want your organization to become a place where people can't wait to come to work in the morning, go to octanner.com. Low five. All right. <laughs>